Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. This podcast is from our Supernatural series, where we're exploring the supernatural worldview of Jesus and the power and authority given to His followers. If you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world, you can do that by finding us at gatewaybaptist.com.au. Hey, we're continuing our uh, Supernatural series today and I'll, uh, I'll never forget the, the Monday that I walked home from school in year eight with a new guitar amplifier under my arm. I, I decided to, as a, in year eight, I decided to learn to play the guitar because all the guys at school who played the guitar had hot girlfriends and uh, they're all punching above their weight. And uh, as, as, as a young 13-year-old boy just starting to get interested in girls, I, I watched this phenomenon and I thought, I've got to learn to play the guitar. I, I want one of those hot girlfriends. I mean, you, it's true. You have a look at, at every bloke who gets on this stage and plays guitar. They, they are all punching above their weight. I mean, have a, have a look at, at Mark Dean, Mark and Eden sitting down the front row. I mean, how did Mark get a beautiful wife like Eden? I mean, it's not because he's rich. He's a worship pastor. I know what he gets paid. He gets paid peanuts. It's not because he's good looking. I mean, he's ugly as a stick. I mean, <laughs> how, how did he get a beautiful wife like Eden? It's simple. He plays the guitar. You've only got to keep going along the front row. Andrew Serkin plays the guitar, punching well above his weight. You know, I tell you, everyone who gets on this stage and plays the guitar, they're, they're all punching above their weight. So as a 13-year-old boy, just starting to get interested in girls, learning to play the guitar, it was a, it was a no-brainer. The only problem was I had no natural rhythm and no musical ability. I, I never quite got the hang of it. But in year eight, playing the guitar badly was, was what I did. And I'd saved enough money by, uh, by uh, doing a paper run and working on the weekends to buy myself this new uh, guitar amplifier. And I remember walking home from school with it. I'd bought it off a mate at school. I was walking home from school. I was walking through the front door. And I was so proud of this thing that I'd, I'd, I'd saved up and I'd earned the money to pay for myself. And I was going to terrorise the neighbours every day, just turn it up to 11. And uh, I... I walked in the door and I was trying to show this amplifier to my mum and my mum just burst out laughing. I'm thinking, what's so funny? And, and, and she wouldn't stop laughing. And, and at first I sort of started laughing with her. I thought I must have done something funny, but I couldn't sort of see anything or think of anything. But she just kept laughing and it was kind of an infectious laugh. And so I started laughing for a little while, but I just kept trying to explain to her this new amplifier uh, that, that I got. And she wouldn't stop laughing to the point that it got annoying. And after 15 minutes, I, I gave up trying to explain to her about this new amplifier I got, and I stormed upstairs. When, when I came back, I got out of my school uniform, came back, she was still laughing. And by this stage, it was so annoying. I stormed out of the house and I said, Mum, I don't know what is wrong with you. I thought she must have been drunk. I'd never seen my mum drink alcohol in my life, but I thought today's the day she started and she's blind drunk. I stormed out of the house and, and I said, Mum, I'm not coming back until you've got yourself together. 
About two hours later, I was starving hungry. And I, uh, I came home hoping that she'd stop laughing and cook some dinner. And uh, by then, my, my dad had come home and he said to me, you're probably wondering what's going on with your mum. I said, yeah, she's gone stark raving mad. She, she won't stop laughing. And the next four words that dad said to me has actually changed my life, my mum's life, our family's life forever. He says, your mum's been healed. And I didn't fully understand what that really meant at that time. As a 13-year-old boy, I knew there was something wrong with my mum. You know, all, all of my life, you know, mum was, uh, was agoraphobic. She was afraid to go outside into wide spaces and into crowds. And at times she would lock herself in our house for, for months at a time. She'd be heavily medicated to, uh, just to take us to school or, or to go to the shops. I, I can remember as a, as a kid getting dragged around to psychiatrists and counsellors. I can remember the, the hip and the therapy. I can, I can remember the relaxation exercises and I can remember all of the different things that, and the people that she reached out to, to to manage the illness that she was living with. And I tell you, to this day, I'm grateful to all of those people who, who gave you know, uh, their knowledge and, and what they, what they uh, gave their skills to uh, help my mum cope with what she was dealing with. But on the 21st of October, 1985, just an ordinary Monday, my, my mum didn't learn a new coping mechanism. She didn't receive a new relaxation exercise. She, she, didn't, she didn't get some temporary relief from her ongoing suffering. On Monday, the 21st of October, 1985, the pastor of our church had gone and prayed with my mum like he had many times before. In fact, he'd been praying for her for years. But, but on that day, on that ordinary Monday, Jesus healed my mum completely. The darkness of depression and anxiety and agoraphobia just completely lifted off her and she knew it and she could not stop laughing. She laughed straight for six hours, like snot dribbling out of her nose laughing, like, you know, stomach hurting laughing. She just could not stop laughing because she knew that Jesus had reached down from heaven and touched her life and miraculously healed her. Now, I don't know why. Yeah, give, give glory to God. I don't know why my mum had to suffer with that condition for over 20 years. I don't know why some of her friends are still suffering with that condition. I don't know why Jesus heals some people here on earth and some people in heaven. I don't know why Jesus heals some people, you know, with an instant touch and some people in hospitals that bear His name. I, I, I don't know why, you know, everyone doesn't get healed all of the time. I don't know everything there is to know about the supernatural power of Jesus at work in the world today. 
What I do know though, is that Jesus still has supernatural power today to touch people's lives, to heal people's lives, to change people's lives because Jesus healed my mum on a Monday and her life has never been the same again. Since those days, she's walked halfway around the world. She started her own businesses. She, she loves life. She is thriving in life. She loves God. She, she loves her kids. She loves, you know, all that God has given her to do. Her life has completely changed 30 years on. I know that Jesus has supernatural power today because Jesus healed my mum on that mad Monday. You know, Jesus had a mum and she was intricately involved in her son's first ever supernatural miracle. You know, like the rest of us on on planet Earth, Jesus had a mum. He was a real person with a real mum. Unlike the rest of us, Jesus didn't have a dad. And that kind of puts him in a whole different category. He wasn't just a real man, but he was actually a real God. You could say that the virgin birth was actually the first of his supernatural miracles. You know, it was, it's kind of a pretty big deal, a virgin birth. But it's a miracle that I'm going to read, which is credited as Jesus' first ever public miracle, the beginning of his ministry. Jesus' mum was intricately involved. Jesus was with his mum at a wedding in a place called Cana. And just like today, weddings were a big deal back then. And just like today, you know, the family would uh, put on a big party for everyone, all the guests to come and to celebrate. They were responsible for catering for all their guests and for making sure everyone had something to eat and to drink. We had, Susan and I had the first wedding in our family just uh, two weekends ago. Our daughter, Caitlin, got married uh, to Brenton. There's a couple of us, what a joy being able to give away my daughters, a whole bunch of guests that gathered together and it was a great day, great celebration and uh, it was my turn to actually provide for all of the guests so they all had something to eat and drink and thankfully unlike this story we're going to look at uh, today, we didn't run out of food and we didn't run out of drinks but I tell you I'm not going to be eating for weeks. Weddings cost a fortune. I'm up to the care centre for a food parcel uh, during the week. Just to... They cost a fortune because they are a big deal. And when the wine runs out at this wedding that Jesus is at with his mum, she decides to step in and ask Jesus to perform his first miracle, or his first public miracle. And this is, this is what happens. It says on the third day, which also is a Monday. It's a Monday in the, in the Jewish week and a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they've got no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do 
whatever he tells you. They're important words. We're going to come back to them. Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. I reckon Jesus' mum just shows us a few important principles, simple principles, but important principles uh, as, we, as we see the supernatural power of Jesus uh, at work today. Firstly, Jesus gets involved in our everyday challenges when we ask him. In verse, uh, verse three and four, Jesus' mum says, they've got no more wine. Jesus says, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. Now, she wasn't asking Jesus to go down to the local bottle shop because he was the responsible designated driver, although I'm sure that was true. His mum was actually asking him to supernaturally intervene in this everyday challenge. This isn't a matter of life and death. This is an ordinary everyday challenge that a family is facing, an unknown, unnamed family. Just, just you know, ha- celebrating a wedding, just like my family celebrated a wedding two weeks ago. This is just an everyday challenge. Who cares if they don't have enough wine? Jesus' mum thinks that Jesus would be interested. I, I don't know whether... I, um, Jesus has made food miraculously appear in the kitchen when she'd burnt the roast in the past. Oh, I don't know if she'd seen Jesus turn cordial into coke for all his mates in the backyard. Oh, I don't know why she thought turning water into wine would be a good miracle for Jesus to begin his ministry. Well, what I do know is that us Baptists have been trying to turn it back ever since. We, we got no idea why Jesus would do this. But Mary, who knows Jesus at this point better than anybody on earth, Mary believes that her son would be interested, involved in the everyday challenges in our lives. And even though Jesus says, this is before my time, he gets involved and he intervenes. You know, sometimes we don't see Jesus intervene in the everyday challenges in our lives because we don't ask him to get involved. When it gets to life and death situations, we, we might start to pray and cry out to God, God, we wanna, I wanna see you do something miraculous here. But in, in the everyday challenges, many of us would just say, oh, Jesus is not really interested in this. Can, can I assure you this morning, Jesus is interested in whatever challenge you're going through right now. And he's got something he wants to say to you in the midst of the challenge you're going through right now. Well, whatever it is, whether it's a, a financial challenge, you know, whether it's a, a challenge in your family, in your marriage, with one of your kids, 
whether it's a challenge in your workplace or your business, you know, whether, whether it's a, a challenge in, in your faith and you've got some big questions, you're sitting there going, I don't know why. I, I'm telling you, Jesus is interested and he wants to get involved and he wants to speak to you. He's got a word for you this morning. He's got something that he wants to say to you. We've heard Amanda's story, you know, of just hearing, hearing the voice of Jesus and it's, and it's changed the trajectory of her life as she stepped out in faith according to that word. Whatever challenge you're going through right now, Jesus is interested, he gets involved, he intervenes. He may not always tell us exactly what we want to hear, but Jesus is involved in our everyday challenges. And verse four, this is really important. I want us to get a hold of this. Jesus pours out his power when we obey his every word. Verse four, sorry, verse five. His mother says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. You see, Mary knows that Jesus has power beyond any normal person. He's got supernatural power and authority to do this miraculous thing. But she's also, and we don't know how or why, but she's also come to understand that miracles follow Jesus' command. When Jesus says, this is what's going to happen, this is what I'm going to do, that's when the supernatural miracle follows. So she says, do whatever he tells you to do. And sometimes we don't see the supernatural power of God at work simply because we don't do what Jesus tells us to do. Or we don't listen to what he tells us to do. You know, when, when they obeyed Jesus' command, Jesus turned 700 litres of water into wine. I really, as a Baptist, I really hope there was a lot of people at that wedding. That's irresponsible if there wasn't. I guess Jesus knows what he's doing. But I want to ask you this morning, what's Jesus asked you to do? What's he speaking to you about in the everyday challenge that you're facing? See, sometimes it's, it's actually simple. You know, you might be facing a challenge in, in your marriage or your family right now, and the word that Jesus has for you is to be faithful to your wife. Or love your wife as Christ loved the church, but you just don't want to do it. You see, the supernatural power of Jesus is poured out. It flows when we obey his command. You see, God is, invites us into a relationship. Come on, I want to encourage us. We can all learn to hear the voice of God like, like we heard in Amanda's story this morning. Can I just give you a couple of uh, simple things? Just I really encourage you to write these down, put them, in, put them in your phone. You know, this is a journey for all of us, learning to listen to the voice of God. Firstly, when, when, a little clue that it's God speaking to you. It's a thought that won't go away when you pray. Because there's a thought that comes in your mind. It might be a picture. It might be, it might be a vision. It might be you know, a scripture verse. It might just be a, some recurring words. But they don't go away when you pray. God is patient. They just keep hanging around. 
Secondly, really importantly, that what you're hearing is biblically sound when you hear no sound. So if you hear the audible voice of God, that's pretty easy. But when you're just listening to a whisper of the Holy Spirit within you, a conviction of the Spirit within you, it's biblically sound when you hear no sound. If you're hearing something that goes against what the Bible says, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's either your own selfishness or it's the devil. It's biblically sound when you hear no sound. Three, it's fruity, not fearful. Let me explain that. When God speaks to us, it always comes out of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. That, that's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not, it doesn't induce fear. Now, there might be some fear in stepping out in faith in saying it and in doing it. But when you actually you just listen to the word that God has for you, you listen to what the, the dream that God's putting on your heart, there's love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness and self-control. That is what rises up. When, it, when it's a word that just induces fear in you and it won't go away, it's not God. Because that's not what God's like. And lastly, in 1 Corinthians 14, it says when we hear in the voice of God for somebody else particularly, it's a word that encourages, that it comforts, it strengthens. I'd say it's true for, for us as well. And we're just hearing God for ourselves. The, the voice of God, it encourages, it comforts, it strengthens. The key thing here that Jesus' mum teaches us is do whatever he tells you to do and then the supernatural power of Jesus follows. It says in verse 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. You see, I'm convinced I'm convinced if Australia is going to come to know Jesus, we need to see the supernatural power of Jesus at work in our lives, in our life groups, in our churches. You know, turning water into wine was the first of Jesus' miracles, but it was not the last. His whole ministry, you read the Gospels, it was characterised by miracles. In John chapter 9, Jesus' disciples met a man that was born blind from birth. And this is really important. I want us to grab a hold of this because part of the fear of the supernatural, the scepticism of the supernatural is, is what happens when it doesn't all turn out rosy. What happens when people suffer? John chapter 9, Jesus' disciples, disciples met a man born blind from birth and they asked him who sinned. Was it his sin that caused the sickness or was it the sin of his parents? That was the common thinking of the time. If there's suffering going on, if there is sickness in some way, then we've got to be able to point to someone and blame it on them and blame it on what they've done. Now, we've advanced a lot in the last 2,000 years, but I tell you, time and time again, I hear us keep coming back to this kind of thinking. That if, the, if Jesus' power you know, isn't, isn't poured out, if, if, the, if a miracle doesn't happen, if, if suffering exists, then maybe I've done something wrong, maybe someone else has done something wrong and we've got to find something to blame. Jesus simply says, and this is where we've got to trust the sovereignty of God. He says in verse two, neither this man has sinned nor his parents, but I'm going to use this situation to display my power and my glory. And we've got to be okay with that. And Jesus does something really weird. 
Jesus spits on the ground, makes some mud in the Galilean dirt and rubs it on these guys' eyes. I don't know why he did this. You read the gospel, he heals other people simply with a touch. He heals other people just with a word, doesn't even touch them. He heals some other people without even being in the vicinity of of their geographical space. I don't know why this time he he decides to spit on the ground, make some mud and put it in, in his eyes. It's weird. I don't know why he did it. But this guy who'd never been able to see his whole entire life could now see. He, he was healed. And when, when he went home, all of, all of his neighbours said, you know, who was it that opened your eyes? And he said, it was Jesus, the God's prophet. He spat in the mud and he rubbed it in my eyes. And then I could see. And they said to him, where is this guy? And he says, I don't know. And the religious skeptics, the, the Pharisees, they, they, they call his parents in. And in verse 19, he says, Is this your son? Is this the one that was born blind? And how is it that he can now see? Barrage of questions. And the parents say, We know he's our son. We know he was born blind. We were there. But how he can see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. He's a big boy, go and ask him. And so they did. And they said to the guy with sticky spit all over his eyes who could now see, they said, we think this man Jesus is a sinner. What do you think? I love, it's one of my favourite verses in the Bible. In verse 25 it says, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I can see. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like all of these guys in this story, there's a lot I don't know about the supernatural power of Jesus. What I do know though, is that Jesus still heals today. What I do know, and this is the thing I want us to take hold of this morning, is that the supernatural power of Jesus is for everyone, every day, everywhere, when we obey His every word. The supernatural power of Jesus is for everyone. It's not just for for some sort of super Christians. It's not just for people who stand on a stage. It's not just for people with a big long beard that look really spiritual. And it's it's for everyday situations. Jesus intervenes in in really little situations sometimes and leaves big things gone undone. And we've just got to trust His sovereignty. Sometimes Jesus does a big, massive thing and then we see this really little tiny thing that we know He could do and He doesn't do it. And we pull our hair out and we go, I don't know why. And we just got to trust His sovereignty. But Jesus is involved in our everyday and everywhere. This isn't just for some group of people in some parts of the world. It's not just for the rich or for the poor. But Jesus' supernatural power is for everyone, every day, everywhere. And He calls us to obey His every word. Several years ago, Susan was praying for a lady named Shirley who was having trouble with her eyesight. Shirley had this really annoying cloud 
that, that would come in, in her eye. And she's been there for months and no one had been able to get rid of it. It was impairing her vision, making it difficult to drive. And as Susan was praying for her uh, one night at church, she just could not, you know, that thought that just won't go away when you pray? She just could not stop thinking about this story in John chapter 9 of Jesus spitting in, in the mud and, and putting the mud on his eyes. It wouldn't go away until the point where she's arguing with God, but to the point where she had to say to Shirley, I think Jesus wants me to spit in your eye. Now, if you don't know my wife, she's not that weird. That's not you know, what she does all the time. And Shirley had a bit of a nervous giggle and said, oh, if that's what you think God's telling you to do, I guess so. So Susan hocked up a big golly. <laughs> ah, she didn't do that. She just put a tiny little spit, bit of spit on her finger. And Susan would say to this day, she prayed the most nervous, awkward, bumbling prayer that she's ever prayed. It was a, it was a bumbling sort of difficult prayer with a little bit of spit and a little bit of faith. But Jesus instantly healed Shirley's eye that night. You see, the supernatural power, the supernatural power of Jesus is for everyone, every day, everywhere, when we obey his every word. I, I don't know why. Jesus wanted Susan to do that that night. I know that for a little while after, I was too scared to tell Susan about any pain in my body. <laughs> I didn't want her just spitting on me. Every... As far as I know, she's never spat on anyone ever again. I, I don't know. I don't know why Shirley got that eye condition healed, but she still wears glasses for short-sightedness today. I don't know. Well, what I do know is that Jesus doesn't give us a formula to follow. I think it's one of the reasons we've got many gospel writers and they record different ones of his miracles and sometimes he touched, sometimes he spoke, sometimes he spat, sometimes he healed from a distance and sometimes he healed up close. There is no formula to follow. See, we're not called to follow a formula, we're called to follow a person and his name is Jesus. And he wants us to listen to his voice and obey his every word. What I do know is the supernatural power of Jesus is not just for super Christians. Susan prayed a very simple, nervous prayer. But the supernatural power of Jesus is for everyone, every day, everywhere, when we obey his every word. You see, Jesus' whole ministry was characterised by miracles If you read Luke chapter 8, Matthew chapter 9, you see this change in his ministry. There's a movement from him doing a whole bunch of miracles, every village that he goes to, and people just watching him, to in Luke chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 10, there's a shift where Jesus sends out his disciples to do what he's been doing. Luke chapter 9 says this, Jesus called the 12 together 
And from that moment, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people people everywhere. I love that. Healing people everywhere. These guys were fishermen. They weren't rocket scientists. Jesus says, I don't want you to ever depend on your power, to depend on your intellect, to depend on your ability or even your resources. Take nothing with you. They were ordinary people like you and me, filled with the supernatural power of Jesus. The supernatural power of Jesus isn't just for pastors. It isn't just for Jesus' mum. It isn't just for weirdos like Susan. The supernatural power of Jesus is for everyone, every day, everywhere, when we obey His every word. He's still to this day giving His power and His authority to ordinary people like you and me, called to listen to His voice and to step out in faith, trusting Him. He's still sending ordinary people like you and me from village to village, town to town, workplace to workplace, whatever street you live in, whatever, wherever you're placed for work, to share the good news about Jesus, to see people's lives transformed forever and to see people healed in Jesus' name and set free from their past. I love verse 6. They set out. They trusted that that power had been given to them. They went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Who believes that everywhere includes Brisbane? I need some response here this morning. Who believes that everywhere includes Brisbane? Who, who, who believes that everywhere includes your street? Who believes that everywhere includes your workplace, your family? Who wants to be part of seeing people receive the good news of Jesus and find healing in body, mind and spirit in Jesus' Name? You see, there is a lot. There's a lot I don't know about the supernatural power of Jesus at work in the world today. I've been very honest about that today. I don't know why some people get healed and others don't. I don't know why some people get healed here on earth and others get healed in heaven. I don't know why some people get healed instantly in a moment and others get healed over time in hospitals that bear the name of Jesus. What I've decided to do and what I want to encourage you to do is to put your faith in what you do know, not what you don't know. You see, what I do know is that on Monday, the 21st of October, 1985, my mum was healed by Jesus and her life has never been the same. What I do know is that when Susan spit in Shirley's eye, she was healed by Jesus on that night. What I do know is that when I ask Jesus to forgive my sins and to take over my life as Lord of my life, I have discovered purpose, hope and joy that before that I never thought was possible. What I do know, this is a historical fact, there's no one in all of history, throughout the history of humankind, there is no one whose name is better known. There is no one who has had a bigger impact on this world. 
that there is no one who has more songs written about, more books written about, more things told about him. There's no one who is better known in the whole of the world than Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, died on a cross, life filled with miracles. But at the end of his life, the greatest miracle of all was that he went to a cross because of you. He went to a cross because of your sin, your your rebellion against God, your decision not to do whatever He tells you to do. That sin separated you from the loving presence of God. And the only way that, that that punishment could be taken from you, the only way that penalty could be taken from you is if someone took death for you. Because the punishment of sin, separation from God is death. God made it really clear right from the beginning. The only way was if someone who'd lived a perfect life took your death for you, your punishment for you. The end of his life, that's the most supernatural miracle the world has ever seen. Jesus Christ actually did that at a moment in time. He went to a cross and He took all of your sin and all of my sin upon His shoulders. And He put it to death. Everything that once separated us from the loving presence of God, put to death so that we could know His loving presence every day, everywhere, for everyone. But on the third day, on the third day, we see this real supernatural power of Jesus. But on the third day, when they went looking for His dead body, He was not there, but He was risen from the dead. He was alive. He had a resurrected body. His dead body was not there. And He offers to every single one of us who put our faith in Him as Lord and Saviour, that we too can know that hope of a resurrected life, of a life beyond death. It is a supernatural miracle that is for everyone, every day, everywhere, when we obey His every word. I wanna give you an opportunity this morning. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour, I wanna give you a chance to do that right now. I'm gonna ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. If you're here this morning and you don't know a personal relationship with Jesus, a relationship where you know His love, you know His voice, you know you're still living in your sin and and this morning, You want to ask Jesus to forgive your sin. You want to begin that personal relationship with Him. You want to put your faith in Him as Lord and Saviour. I want to pray a prayer with you. I'm going to encourage you, if you want to pray that prayer with me, just stick your hand up just where I can see it this morning. Just stick it up just for a second, just so I can see it. If you just say, today is my day. Today is my day to put my faith in Jesus. Just stick your hand up just, just so I can see it this morning. Bless you. That's awesome. Who else this morning? Just say, today's my day. Bless you, right at the back, good man. Who else this morning? Just say, today is is my day. Okay, if that's you, bless you, out the back, I can see that hand too. You can put your hands down, all of you now, cool. If that's you this morning, just pray, pray with me this morning. Father God, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that you are so kind. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. I ask this morning that you would forgive my sin. 
thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I choose to accept that offer of forgiveness and to follow in your ways from now on. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we just put our hands together for those guys, encourage them this morning. They are uh, someone on our section community team would just love to give you a gift a little bit later on, just give you a Bible, just help you get started in your relationship with God. Hey, through this series, we're, we're just been praying and asking God for what He wants to do in our congregations. How is He wanting to bless His people? And we've we got a bunch of just ways that we believe God is wanting to move here today. I'm going to read some of these out. And then in just a minute, if that's you and you'd say, I'd like someone to pray that for me. I think God has seen me today. I'm going to get you to stand where you are. And then we're going to get people to gather around you and just begin praying for you, for, for whatever you know God is revealing here. So can I just get you to listen to these, see if this is you. And in a moment... Just uh, love you to stand and just receive what God has for you this morning. This is a word I've had for someone all week. I've actually prayed it for a few people already this week, but I believe there's more here this morning. He's restoring someone to a ministry position and you've felt ripped off in the past, but God is both restoring your heart and restoring you to ministry and it's gonna be better than what you've ever seen before. For some of someone here, just filled, there's a few words like this, I'm not going to read them all out. Just someone here filled with fear and anxiety about what you're walking through and about the future. And uh, God just wants you to put your trust in Him this morning. And He's going to fill you with peace as He draws Him, draws you closer uh, to Himself. Someone here who is suffering from recurrent long-term imposter syndrome. It feels like you're constantly faking it. You're constantly, you're going to get found out at some point. And it's happening in all areas of your life, in your workplace, in, in your family, in your social circles, even here at church. God wants to set you free from that this morning. Know that His hand is on you. He loves you. He's got a call on your life. There's someone here been involved in a car accident and you're now too scared to drive. And God wants to set you free from that uh, fear. There's a churning sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. You're apprehensive and fearful. And God just wants you to know that He is with you and that there is no fear. One that's a similar but a little more specific. Someone living with anxiety that's causing health issues and an eating disorder. And God wants to heal you this morning. Someone experiencing sharp pain in your left shoulder and it's shooting up into your neck. Just believe God wants to, to heal you uh, this morning. God wants to, there's a whole bunch about fear and anxiety. People that are, are struggling with self-harming. There's a couple here been trying to have a baby naturally for a while and hasn't happened. And just God saying, he, just want, he wants to bless you with a fertile womb. I know that's a difficult one to respond to. But if that's you this morning, you've got faith for that this morning, I encourage you to stand. Someone really anxious about a lump on their jaw 
And the person who just saw this, just saw it dissolving as we prayed for you this morning. There's an anxiety around the lump on your jaw. Someone with a really annoying pain in your right elbow, God wants to release that today. An ankle injury, it's not healing, it's getting worse and causing anxiety. Hey, if any of those are you this morning, can I just encourage you to stand? If you'd say, I reckon God's seen me, God knows me, and I just want someone to pray for me. Can I, can I just get you to stand wherever you are? Come on, jump, jump on your feet. Have some courage. Cool. Just going to give you just a couple more seconds to stand because once I get everyone to move, you're going to get lost in the room. Anybody else here need to stand? Okay. Can I encourage you if you love Jesus, you might know the person standing near you. You might not, but if you just love Jesus and you'd love to pray for someone this morning, can I just get you to go gather around them right now? Come on, let's just move around. We're getting everyone involved in this. This is for everyone, every day, everywhere. Once a few people get there, just, just, just listen to me just for a sec. Once a few people get there, can I just get you to just say, however much you want to disclose, whatever word was for you, just it might just be as simple as saying anxiety or it might be a particular pain. Just let the people around you know what it is. Then start to pray. Just one at a time, short, simple, faith-filled prayers. Just begin to pray. We hope you have been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.